everybody. Welcome back. This is Marcia O'Connor, CEO and founder of the O'Connor Group. We do outsource HR and outsource recruiting based out of here in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Top 3, where entrepreneurs share their secrets and their mistakes. And today I have another dear friend of mine, Sue Meitner. Sue is absolutely amazing, and we're going to learn about her in a few seconds. But, you know, her story is just, is just a whirlwind. And you might have seen her on American Dream on MSNBC as well. And, um, but I will have her talk more about that. So, Sue, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I'm thrilled that you're here because all the great stuff that you're doing out there, all the videos that you're doing and how you're using video in your company, I think it'd be very helpful. We have a lot of entrepreneurs out there listen to the show and, and just want to hear like what works, what doesn't work. So tell us more about your company. So um, Centennial Lending Group, I founded in 2010. I'm the founder and president of um, a residential mortgage company. We do purchase mortgages and we do refinances and cash out refinances, which has been great over the last year in helping people capitalize on the equity that they have in their house and build wealth. And I love it because I get to help people with that every single day and build my brand and help people at the same time. It's fantastic. And then what made you decide to go into that line of business? Yeah. So I had graduated from college and I was a uh, manager at The Gap in Virginia. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And my parents wanted me to come home to Pennsylvania. And I wasn't 100% sure what I would do in Pennsylvania. So I gave my dad a task and I said, well, dad, if you want me to move back to Pennsylvania, you need to find me a job that pays me as much as I'm getting paid here. And he called me up and he said, I found a job for you. It's in the mortgage business. And I said, what is a mortgage practically? And um, he said, come up and interview. So I went up and interviewed and I got the job and I started at the bottom and I learned the inside. And then um, when I wanted to make some more money, they put me into sales. It was always the intention to be in sales. And I didn't obviously initially make more money then because it was 100% commission. So you make nothing. And then um, and I was in like 93, 94. And then as which I'm dating myself, but that's okay. And, um, and as the time went on, I was a manager, a sales manager, um, did, worked at two different companies and two or three different companies ran both of those. And then I decided in 2010, that I could do better for my clients and customers if I was a correspondent lender, which is a little different than a broker. We do everything in-house. We bring our own money to the settlement table and then sell it afterwards. And, um, and I decided that I would do that in 2009, which of course, that was a crazy time. Like why not jump into the fire? And isn't that what all entrepreneurs do? And I decided to uh, throw my hat in the rink and it wasn't easy, but it was, um, it was an adventure and it <laughs> grew very fast. And um, we had a great, we've had a great ride over the last 11 years and I wouldn't change it for the world. And you had said, so the funny thing is about an entrepreneur, you know, we're, we, we're just destined to take risks. That's who we are. I started in 2007. You know, two years later, that 2009, no one wanted to buy anything. You had mentioned you grew really fast. Why do you think you grew so fast? 
I think we grew really fast because we really branded ourselves really well. We went out there, we did a lot of, we, we built relationships with people and that's all the thing that I love to do. Cause when people know, like, and trust you, they're going to use you. And I believe that we grew fast because people wanted to work here and people saw that we cared. And when they saw the culture we had before culture was like a buzzword, um, they really wanted to work in such a fun environment. So we worked hard and we played hard and we helped people along the way. And then that grew our business because those people were referring business to us. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> yep. And then how many employees do you have now? So um, I have at my highest at Centennial Lending, we had a uh, hundred. And mm -hmm. we merged companies with a company in Michigan called Success Mortgage Partners in 2018 because we had just grown as much as we could grow without dumping millions of dollars into the business. And so we decided to merge with a bigger uh, com powerhouse company so that we could service our customers and our clients and our loan officers better. And Success has about 800 employees. Wow, that's great. Now, you merged. Did you find them or did they find you? I think the universe worked in mysterious ways. Uh, I was really doing way too much at Centennial Lending. I was working in my business more than I was working on my business in 2017 and 18. And as a mom who had two teenagers, when my children, when my son was looking at colleges, he just didn't feel that I was present. Mm -hmm. And he told me that I was just going through the motions and that kind of like hurt my heart a little bit. So I decided that something had to change. And I went, was at a conference that I was speaking at and I had a friend who owned success and I was telling him what my problems were. And he said, you know what, Sue, maybe we'll, we would be stronger together. And so we had decided that we would be stronger together and that we were going to walk down that path. And it was the best path that I could have ever taken because um, we've done more business than we've ever done because of that partnership. And it's really looking at every option that you have and any door that opens, walking through that door and saying, hey, you know, how can I better my company? And now I can work on my company. I can work in the business and on the business and and also be there for my family which as a working mom is super important and being having that entrepreneurial spirit that we all want to have so we're not giving it all um we can have it all <laughs> yeah it's hard and, and it's basically you know i have a great team of a lot of females on my team as well and I said that mom guilt it doesn't go away you know and unfortunately it could either devour you or you have to control it kind of a deal, but you got to give up something, you know, right. and it's really hard, actually. Well, I'm, sure. a, I'm a yes person. So it is hard to learn to say no and say no to your family at times, but also say no to your business at times. And yeah. everybody yeah. always thinks that there's this perfect balance that a fairy is going to come twinkle on any family. And there is no balance. And as soon as I realized that it couldn't be perfect and that was okay, that helped me realize what was important and to get my priorities straight. 
Yeah. And sometimes um, I'm, I'm glad that was earlier in your life than later in your life too, to have that awareness because I have some friends that it's been, they, they can't go back now, you know, so I'm happy you did that. Now, when the merger first happened, you know, because I'm sure there's a lot of M&A going on right now. A lot of people are thinking, is it my time? You know, I mean, was it what you expected? It was everything that I expected because I did it with the right company at the right time. And we did it fast. As soon as we made the decision, we signed NDAs and then we did it fast. And it, we weren't perpetrating a fraud for the most part. We just came right out and said, after all the negotiating was done, what was happening and that we would be stronger together. And that was how we portrayed it. And we had 100% retention uh, during the merger, which is amazing. Amazing. That like never happens. So congratulations. I think it's great to, the way you, it's really the way you portray something as being positive and shedding that light on it. And when I rolled it out, telling people why it would be better for them, they couldn't argue. And that was super important. Yeah, I don't think people realize that sometimes and they get so afraid or they think it's gonna be so easy. You have to do your due diligence. It's gotta be the right partnership. You gotta have the trust factor there, absolutely. Now, you're, you're moving into that and you're basically doing very similar things, but you're spending more time now basically working on versus in. And you're, you're doing these amazing, these videos now too with MSNBC. How did that all happen? So uh, American Dream is on CNBC, Bloomberg, and Fox, and we just got picked up by the Travel Channel. And we pretty much shed a light on what is going on in the Pennsylvania area or marketplaces that I work in, live in, and love. And we try to capture the essence of that area, be it Doylestown or Lower Gwinnett or Ambler or Bluebell. We really do try to have the viewers learn something new about the area. And it's been seen all over the nation and mm -hmm. they have all different real estate professionals, mortgage people on the show, and we all show our areas. And I just think it's amazing uh, for branding, but it also lets me do things that I love to do, which I never had an opportunity to do. I love being in front of the camera and making people understand why I love living in this area why the shops are great, the restaurants are great, the schools are great, the homes are wonderful. And uh, it lets me shed some light on what's important to me. They're amazing. And if you haven't seen her videos, just go to YouTube, they're out there as well. And they, they really are great. And you do a nice job. The videographer does a nice job too. It pitches it and it's so gorgeous. It shows the scenery so nicely. It was great. We got um, to go to the Four Seasons in Philadelphia when it was opening. It was it was really fantastic. We've seen fantastic houses in Philadelphia on Delancey mm -hmm. and just been able to really um, showcase some fantastic houses. So if you're in California and you're moving to Lower Gwinnett or Bluebell, you really get to have a little snapshot of a taste of what it's like in this area, whether it's for because of the horse country or if you want the city life. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Now that had to happen because of a connection or something down the road that said, hey, this is an opportunity. How did that come about? So the way it happened is uh, in 2017 or 18, the producer called me and asked me if I was interested in being a correspondent for the show called Financing the American Dream. 
And at the time it wasn't the right time. I was thinking of merging and I just couldn't do it. And I hated saying no, but I had to say no. And as luck had it, they didn't find anyone to do it in this local area. And a year ago they came to me and they said the same thing. Would you be willing to host a show in the Philadelphia marketplace? And I said, everything happens for a reason and I have time now, so let's, let's go. <laughs> And that's how it came about, just by a producer who uh, had a dream of having a show that was called Financing the American Dream about financing homes to build wealth. And uh, we've actually been up for an Emmy. Congratulations. You know, that that right there is so great. Talk about karma. Talk about life and putting it out there and all, too. And then just staying in touch with people. And that's so important. You know, and the right timing is right. It's going to happen. And now look at you. So how much time does it take from you now? It doesn't take almost any time, to be honest. Uh, I have a fantastic marketing team that markets the different shows. We video the show uh, once a month for an entire day. It's exhausting during that day. And uh, then the then it goes off to California to be with the producers. They cut and paste, and usually four or five hours of taping ends up to be five, four or five minutes worth of uh, show. And and the rest then and then it goes on to one of the networks. Sue, so what do you what does your team do around financial literacy? So we really try to educate via the financial dream via, via our videos. What is important to know when buying a house, whether you're a first time home buyer or whether you're buying a second home or your fifth house, people don't buy houses every day and they really need to have an advisor, not just a mortgage person who's going to plug in to the system, the loan amount, the rate and the fees, but actually have somebody who's going to look at their entire portfolio and all their and all their finances and advise them on what their best solution is, whether that's for a purchase or a cash out refinance to consolidate debt because everyone has so much equity in their houses right now, or to get a lower interest rate or to do a 15 year term. We have a lot of people who are in their 60s and 70s who might be okay refinancing into a 30 year, but if they can afford the payment and do a 15 year and pay that off even quicker, we need to bring these options out to them. Most lenders do not do that. You're, you're calling and you're saying, what's the best rate? What's the best rate? And it's not the right question to ask. The right question to ask is, can I tell you what I'm looking for? And can you help me find the best solution for me to build wealth and gain equity? Yeah, And that's the people, question that we have to ask. Most people wouldn't even know that. Absolutely. And, and you know, you figure too that, if you have to have them going in there and they're looking at all this stuff, because I think you're right. I, there's a lot of people that want to buy real estate right now and they just don't know what they don't know. And I think it gets fearful for them to figure those pieces out. They think they know, um, but I think it's so important to have a really good advisor as well as, you know, the broker kind of a deal and the right. banker. So, so. so I just had someone who owned two properties in New Jersey. One was a primary residence. One was an investment property we were able to save them over a million dollars by refinancing over the life of their loan. That's a question no one asks. What is my interest over the life of the loan? And when you compare what you're paying now to what you would be paying in the future, nine times out of 10, you're saving 
tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands worth of dollars. But that is a question most people don't know to ask and they should ask. Uh, I, I totally agree. But again, you know, it's like an entrepreneur. What you don't know, you don't know. And, you know, and you want to start asking people, get people around you, you know, reach out to Sue. She's very accessible on LinkedIn and online. Feel free to reach out to, and ask these kind of questions, guys. She's good to have around and she's a good person to talk to you about this because it's a really big investment. And what you don't want to sign the paper is say, I could have, should have, would have, right. um, which is really, really important. So, you know, moving into your company, how many employees are you up to now? So we still have, we have, the success has 800 employees and we have a hybrid of between 50 and 100. Oh, fantastic. Tell me about secrets of success. You grew fast. You brought the right people. You had high retention. There's got to be bits of, of wisdom in there as to what really worked for you. So um, it's so funny you say that because I wrote a book, um, Crazy Lucky Girl, Do You Have the Keys to Success? And I think there's lots of keys to success. Uh, some of them is just taking things as they come and not being stuck in a box. You do right. need to know to pivot and you do need to know um, when is the right time and when is the wrong time. And also know that if it's the wrong time and you walk through that door, it's okay to say, this didn't work. Let's try something else. And building the relationships is so paramount, even in, with the entrepreneurs organization, the people that I have met through EO from 2011, that was a goal of mine. When I started Centennial, I pretty much wanted to get into EO and they were my goals. And I did it in the first year and that was fantastic. And then I was able to build all this, build from all this knowledge from all these people who knew how to do it better, smarter, quicker than I did. And I got to ask the question, what telephone system would you have? Why is social media important? Why would I need to know what my why is? And going through all of those steps, it allowed me to be a better person and learn from everybody, even the conferences. I mean, meeting Gary Varnachuk was amazing. Barbara Cochran wrote uh, an, uh, a testimonial for my book. You know, meeting with those people would have not been possible if it wasn't for the connections that we make and that the entrepreneurs that are there are so willing to share and open. And I think that's where I've gotten the way, the feeling that I have in the mortgage business and in the mortgage industry, I'm an open book. I share with everyone. No one is reinventing the wheel of mortgage. It doesn't get spelt differently any other time. You know, it's the same for everybody. So um, if you can help people, it will come back in spades to you. And being a giver is so important while we're being an entrepreneur at the same time. And I think that's what makes it special when you're willing to help people become better, whether it's personally or professionally, you grow as a person too. I, I could agree with you more. I think being a giver is is huge. As like as Adam Grant says, there's givers and takers, you know, and I truly believe on all that. But I do believe like with EO, for those who don't know, EO is Entrepreneurs Organization. It's an international group of over 15,000 CEOs that are in the revenue of a million or more. And we also have a program called EOA, which is our accelerators, which is at 250 to a million. And we get them a coach to get them to that 1 million mark. The people that you meet through that are amazing. 
And, you know, the fact that I have now friends around the world who are other CEOs that I can reach out to you about asking questions. And I think that's what, you know, so you're referring on uh, mentioning about getting involved in EO and asking the questions. And now look where you're at. You have endorsed by Barbara Corcoran, like, who do, <laughs> right? And um, yeah. what a great thing. So talk about the book because you brought you, you beat me to it because I have my thing to talk about books. So, um, so tell me about the book. What made you want to write the book? Well, I didn't want to write the book. Um, and that's one of those things that you have to learn from uh, taking your own advice. So I was sitting with a friend of mine who knew that a publisher had come and asked me to write a book about a woman in the mortgage industry, because I think I was one of the only women in the mortgage industry back in 2010, mm -hmm. who was the CEO of a mortgage company. And uh, they thought that would be interesting. Because when in 2010, you were in EO, you were one of like 30 women in a huge yep. group of men. Uh, so you kind of stood out a little bit. And if you know me, I have like an electric personality that stands out too. So, um, so they came up to me, they asked me three times and two times I said no. The third time I said yes, because my friend said, you know what, Sue, you're doing a really bad job of uh, listening to yourself. You tell everybody to walk through every door that's open to you and you keep on closing this. So it took a lot. We had a project manager who helped us with the entire book. Uh, I didn't write the book. I spoke the book and then we edited it and we had to get graphics and uh, think of a name. And the name is Crazy Lucky Girl for Centennial Lending Group, the CLG. Uh, and it says, do you have the keys to success? And I think that I made an analogy that success, getting to the successful point is like dating. You have to go through, you know, possibly kissing a lot of toads to get your prince. And uh, you have to start somewhere. And with mortgage, we start right off the bat of knowing everything about somebody. And then you have to build the trust. Uh, sometimes it's better to get the trust and then ask everything. And everybody just has to feel what's right for them. So we started dating and then we end up having a great relationship. And that's where the book goes in the mortgage industry. And how long did it take you to do all that? It took about a year. Yeah. That's usually what I'm hearing from most people doing a book right now. It's about a year. And, and, yeah. that's and when I published it in, yeah, I published it in 2014. So that was, you know, at the height of centennial lending and lots of volume. I was just taking it on and I was like, oh my gosh, can I handle all this? But as an entrepreneur, we like to have lots of different things going on and multitask. And sometimes we end up to be not as focused as sometimes we should be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what makes us be who we are. It's in our DNA, my dear, no matter what we do. So absolutely. So let's talk about mistakes. Um, people always learn a lot from mistakes. What would you say like your top Two to three mistakes you think now looking back, things that you probably would have done differently. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes, a lot. I would say that I have done a really good job of checking my ego at the door before I walk into my office. And the times I haven't and I've made decisions based on my ego has hurt me. Mm. Whether no matter what, if my personal opinion got in the way which might be my ego, it has hurt me. And I try to step back and say what's best for the company and not best for an executive. And that in my younger years didn't happen all the time. I would say another, and part of that is emotion and growth and, 
and age, uh, which is super important. And I would say that another mistake was, uh, there's so many, <laughs> taking things personally, which is kind mm. of a little bit with the ego. I think that when people would resign or not want to work at CLG for whatever reason, I took it so personally. And I had to learn not to take it personally and took a lot of people leaving me for me to finally get it. And I think now sometimes it hurts, sometimes it stings, but I, that's one thing that I really had to learn to not take stuff personally. And I think that's hard for a woman sometimes to not take things personally. And that was some, a mistake that I made early on is that I took things personally. Uh, so personal ego, and I would say building too fast was great, but working too fast always in my business hurt. If I would have if I would have hired people, even though it would have cost me more money to do, it would have made me be more sane to make better decisions. That was probably the biggest mistake I made at Centennial Lending was hiring, not hiring a COO and trying to be it myself, not hiring uh, chief people to, to help me do my, run my business. Are you there? Did you hear any of that? The very end, I did not. I put in there the time frame to make sure we get that cut out there and all to you. But you and bo both of us were seeing circles. So yeah. I don't know. It was your reception of mine, whatever. But apparently it's something got all blurry. So I don't know if I got all blurry. But what I was saying is. You did too. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to Go start ahead, with somewhere where I left off? Yep. So what I was saying was hiring the key people not at the right times was the most important mistake that I made that I would change if I had to change anything. You're frozen again. That's annoying. That's okay. You're there. Ash, can you hear us in the background? You're my studio. Marsh is frozen. I'm not, I'm, I, you can hear me now. Okay, good. All right, let's, I'm going to turn my camera off to see if I can save a little bit of thing in there. I'm not going to have you keep talking because they don't see us anyways here. So yeah, that's ahead. fine. Okay. All right, go ahead. So I would say the third mistake that I made was not hiring the right people at the right times. I should have spent money and hired a chief operating officer instead of trying to do that myself when we were growing the company as rapidly as we were. I think that would have saved me bandwidth and helped with the company growing when I could give my energy to other things. That would have been probably the best thing to do. That's the biggest mistake. So have you told any, before today, have you told anybody this um, along the journey? So I don't think that I've told anyone that along the journey uh, that mm -hmm. that probably was the biggest mistake that Centennial Lending did was not hiring hiring 
a chief operating officer and me trying to be everything. We had a CFO, but we and we had lots of employees, but it the buck always stopped with me, where I think that if the buck stopped with other division heads, it would have saved me bandwidth and energy. Yeah, I, I bet it, I'm sure it would. It's amazing what you learn sometimes after the fact that you have to go through it and all. Right. And then what about wins? What about things that you like, that really worked for us to get this team together or for a client? Do you have examples of that? Yeah, so um, hire quick, fire fast is super <laughs> important. Uh, when you realize that you made a mistake, say you made a mistake and just own it. And um, I think another amazing thing that I did was also with hiring, I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. And I do hire based on my weakness because what I'm good at, I can do, but what I'm not good at, I need somebody else to do. I'm a big picture person and I am not a detailed person. So we need to get the people who want to run the details in there so that they can do the, the details. I look at a spreadsheet or details and I don't even I don't even want to see it. It just is Greek to me. I have the retention of of nothing when I'm looking at something I that isn't interesting to me. And I and I know that. The other um I had something else that just stuck in my head. Let me think of it. I can't believe that it was important and then I thought of that. Uh I would say let me think. You're going to cut this part out, right? <laughs> so, um, let me see if I can think of what it was. Okay, well, it will come back to me. Those are the items that I would say, oh, I remembered what it was. Having systems and processes is super mm -hmm. important. As soon as you put system, re, re, um, repeatable systems and processes in place, even if it's an assembly line, if it's anything, and you can take yourself out of it and have somebody else do it yourself, that is so important. Systems and processes, systems and processes. I can't say that enough in any industry, not just the mortgage industry. Yeah, I would say systems and processes and people, I mean, if you get them all right, you really will do great in your company, no matter what industry. And I don't, I can't stress that enough because a lot of people are like, they're so ready for growth, growth, growth. But if you don't have that process in place to bring somebody on board, to get them moving, to get them going, to figure out their first day, it's going to fall on your face. Absolutely. And, and this is why, yeah. You have the culture. So if you don't have the culture and the system and process in hiring to then have their first day of orientation be amazing and then steps of how you handle it through, throughout, things will fall apart. And then you'll start being, re, you know, reactive instead of proactive. And, and that doesn't work for anybody. No, I, I think sometimes people learn that after the fact because they get so excited about all this growth and that's great. But I think even right now, I think they're being much more cognizant because it's a really tight labor market and, you know, you've got to keep your people and, you know, number one, hire the right people, but number two, you know, keep them happy. And if you don't have those processes in place, people don't like when it's a mess or it's discombobulated, or I'm hearing these horrible things right now that they don't have a computer when they start, they don't have a place yeah. to sit. I'm like, you got to think this stuff through everybody. Cause if not, you're going to lose more people. So Pretty crazy stuff. And I would say um, another, just if I could say one more is yeah, always learning. I love to learn and I always know I can do things better. 
So constantly honing in on your skills, even if that means you have to learn to do something different, is super important, especially in the world of technology today. I feel that we work, we sell mortgages, but really we work at a technology company so that we can help our customers with their mortgage. And you just need the technology so that it backs everything else up. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I don't think people realize that, but the only thing is too, I don't think people realize it doesn't have to cost as much money as people no. think it does. And they don't know what they don't know. So ask a lot of questions out there because there's a lot of people that are so willing to give you information. You just got to ask the question. So I agree. I didn't even know right? back in 2009, I didn't even know what kind of phone system to get. But I asked yep. a friend of mine what kind of phone system and he told me and that's how I got my phone system. Yep. It's, it's really that simple. All my stuff I think I have on my team. Everything has been asked by somebody who's done it before. And I'm like, okay, got it. I'm good. Here we go. And, and that's how you learn, which is really cool. How do you take care of you now? I have worked really hard on taking time for myself. And it's not something that comes easy. I love being with my children. My son is a junior at the University of Alabama. So as much time as I can spend with him when he's home or if I you know, go there to see him. That's super fun. My daughter is a senior looking at colleges, probably will end up at Alabama too. And that will be a lot of fun. But I've just been really trying to spend some quality time with Drew and Allison for me. And then I would also say, whether it's, you know, getting your hair done or getting your nails done or just taking a walk, it's super important because when you let your mind relax, great ideas come in. It sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it really does open it up for you to really um, let great things happen when you have some silent space. And that's what I try to do. Sometimes it doesn't work. I'm not perfect, but um, I'm not uh, doing the yoga or, you know, exercising probably as much as I should, but, you know, that's on the list of things to do. Yeah, I keep talking about that thing called yoga as well. It looks good, um, but uh, I, it is hard because, I, you know, we're planners. And if it isn't in the calendar, you know, uh, I'll be like, oh, I'll get to it another day. And the next thing you know, it's, it's 365 days later, you know, so I, I totally hear you. Um, I'm calendared so out. I do calendar and time block everything. So, and I have to put it in, even like read a book, read, you know, listen to a podcast. It is pretty much in the schedule. And I only work seven minutes from my home. So I don't even get that drive time that I think is great for some people. Yeah, which is amazing because I think that and nobody has drive time anymore, right? And um, right. so we were all taking that time. And now it's weird. So when someone says to me, like, we got to pick this up, I'm like, I'll pick it up. I just, I just need to get in the car, <laughs> you know, just to go places. Talk to me about um, what's next for Sue. What's next for Sue and the company? So I'm have taken the next year to just figure out what's next for Sue. Uh, I think that I'm loving what I'm doing right now of helping people get their mortgages and building the teams that I have the, with the loan officers I have around me. And mm -hmm. I'm just taking that time to really build this, this part of this division and uh, sky's the limit for us in building relationships. And then I'm sure that I'll have some great opportunities along the way, like the American dream and things and that I have time for now that I can um, do. I love, I love speaking at, to, at different forums and 
that was working out for me a lot prior to COVID. So I'm trying to see where that's going to go in the next year. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, and I have some ideas on that too. We'll talk offline, but that's, that's oh, fantastic. Um, do you read books or do Audible? So I do Audible and I have to say that with the holidays, I just had a major house renovation. So between my house renovation and the holidays and with my daughter applying to colleges, my, my vast reading has been depleted. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I For good reason. Um, but I don't have any great books that I'm reading right now. Uh, because oh life has taken a hold and, um, and I haven't had, and that's one thing that I haven't done in the last couple of months. My house has been under a renovation project since May and we're just finishing it right now. You know, um, I had, every time I do these, I get great tidbits of people that give me good books. And the, right now I'm reading the hard thing about hard things. It's, oh, it's okay. really good. And um, it's just itself so simple, but it's a, it's a really, really good book right now to read. But there's so many out there on the same way. So there's so to... many and it's a lot to even take in sometimes, but I'm going to get that one because that sounds great. Yeah, it's a really good one. So I'm loving it on Audible right now, too. How do people get a hold of you, Sue? So anyone can look me up on Google under Sue Meitner with the American Dream or with Centennial Lending Group, they can call me at my office at 215-469-1000. I am really easy to get in touch with. And my team is there to help them schedule a time to chat with me, whether it's about mortgages or about building your business. I love helping people. So I'm here uh, at any time for anybody. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, well, I can't thank you enough. You had great secrets. You had great mistakes. And you are plowing away and basically living the dream because you're making it. So I well, can't thank, thank you. you enough. And um, thank you for having me. I love sharing my story and it, and it's fun to chat with people. You know, and I love it. I also obviously love uh, focusing on female entrepreneurs too, because being a mom and all, it's really hard, you know, and I think it's a, it's a different perspective because we're always thinking about what are we making our kids for dinner and what's next and college applications and all this other stuff. And, you know, and, and just add it on to our typical list, but it's just the way of the world right now. And yeah, you just well, have to make do. One of my most favorite secrets of being a working mom and an entrepreneur mom is mm -hmm. ask for help. I had a village help me. I would have somebody at times that would cook the dinner. I would have some people being there to watch my babies. I mean, I started out um, in mortgage as a single mom and it was a lot being the breadwinner and having to do everything. And I just asked for help. And you know what? Everybody was there to help me. It was really amazing. And my children are better for it. You know, it's interesting. I think that's a big key right now. This is asking for help. Because sometimes you think you can do it all. And the one thing um, I think is so important that you're not out there. You're not. It takes a village, you know, to it become successful. And it really does. And all too. And with that, I'm going to help um, wrap up for today's call. But Sue Miner, thank you for being on our show today. And uh, for those, again, she feel free, feel free to reach out to Sue. She's really accessible. And she's such a wealth of information out there too. She's done it, it's been there, has the book, being the mom, all of that. I mean, really, if you're an entrepreneur out there and you're really saying, should I do this? You know, call one of us or send a message to one of us. And we're going to walk you through this or be your cheerleaders 
um, in your right pocket there. So um, feel free to do that anytime. But thanks for being with us today. Again, it's top three entrepreneurs sharing secrets and mistakes. And thank you so much. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.